Well, Mick Atwood from the West Midlands Fire Service. Great to catch up with you here um, at Crufts. You're smiling. You're like having a nice time. Yeah, absolutely. It's great a day. great show to come to, isn't it? Um, Mick, you're here with Cara, uh, who ha- is a Belgian Malinois who has qualified as an urban search and rescue dog. Tell me about what she does and how she works with you. Okay, so me and Cara are a team. We're a national team based here in the West Midlands. Uh, and we're part of uh, a setup within the United Kingdom that can deploy to incidents throughout the UK, um, such as collapsed buildings, explosions, things like that, where we know there's a life risk. Uh, and we use the canines to search for this life risk. So Cara's uh, trained uh, to search for people who are alive. Uh, she won't, she, we're very much in the initial stages, the rescue stages of an incident. Uh, and so we base our focus on uh, rescuing people. Um, she won't indicate on people who are already deceased. Uh, she'll only indicate on, on live victims. Uh, and that's what we do. How does that training work? I mean, obviously it's an intense process uh, and, and focusing the, the dog on the job in hand. How does the training work? Okay, so all our training is based on, on play. Uh, so the, the dog itself does everything for a reward. So we're looking for a dog who has got a high drive for a ball or a toy. Um, Cara, she's amazing for, for a toy, so she will do anything for a toy. Uh, and what we do is we build up this association between receiving a toy from a human scent. Uh, and what we do over a period of time, she'll we'll build a bark into it. So she'll get to a person and she'll bark, which will become her indication. And that's for when, when, when she goes out to search for somebody, we know that she's located life. And so all our training is based around toy. We'll put her into different environments. The environmental side uh, for Cara's training is enormous. We'll put her into uh, collapsed buildings, things like that, uh, to build up her self-confidence so that when she, she does go into situations like that, it's, it's normal. Uh, and she's doing everything. She'll search for that human scent then within that environment, knowing that at the end of it, it's going to be a toy. And then obviously on an incident, the toy would be delivered from me. During our training, the toy is always delivered from the person who's hiding. Um, she's the first breed, uh, the Belgian Malinois, to, to be trained for this. Why is that? And is there, a, is there something in the breed that makes her particularly good at this work? Yeah, so, so traditionally in the UK, um, we tend to go for Collies, um, Black Labs and Springers for this sort of discipline. And they've been very successful throughout the world. Um, Cara was was uh, taken on by us, uh, the first service really to take on this sort of um, animal for this work. Uh, and what we found is she's just got, you know, an outstanding work ethic really. She's, she's very bold, she'll go into environments, you know, without question. Um, and her, her general, you know, um, her endurance, things like that, is really well suited. Uh, to the point where a lot of handlers now in the UK, for our sort of work, are looking down the Malinois lines uh, some handlers have already got Malinois to bring them on for the next dogs, um, you know, to search for this discipline. And I just think it's just that all-round ability, that all-round, you know, enthusiasm to work and please, um, you know, whilst being really sensitive as well to, to some extent. Um, you how, know, in, how important are, are dogs now to enable in the fire service, professionals in the fire service, to, to do their work effectively? So for our role, as a USAR role, uh, we're turning out to incidents where we can't always commit people straight away because of the nature of the risk. Uh, and so in the early rescue stages of an incident, we're looking to save as much life as possible. 
and not being able to get into the incidents or not being able to verify where people are you know is a big thing so for us the canine is just our first line always uh, we will always we've got all sorts of listening devices uh, cameras and things like that within our team um, but always if we can get the dog in first that will always be our first port of call because that will then structure the rescue operations for that incident if we know where somebody's buried we can shore up build you know get access to that area uh, much quicker than we would without the canine how does it work for you mate because obviously you're her trainer you're a handler but she's also got a, a bond with you you're smiling i can tell when you have to send a dog like this into a potentially dangerous situation are you conflicted between the professional side and the compassionate side yeah absolutely it's it's definitely a consideration uh, and I'm with her you know more than I'm with anybody else in my life really uh, she lives with me at home she lives inside um, and when we're deploying the dog I'm also a trained firefighter so I'm trained in this area of you know this this area of USAR the urban search and rescue so I'm looking at incidents and risking ass assessing incidents for the suitability to deploy the dog uh, and there's so much time and effort gone into training Cara and for her to be where she is uh, in the UK that you know I don't want to commit the dog into areas where she's going to be suffering injury and things like that and so the risk assessment from me and my experience you know able to read an incident and see how safe it is is a really important role um, so from that point of view um, I'm sort of committing the dog knowing her ability <laughs> because I'm training with her all the time. So I know what she's capable of. Uh, and so I'm sort of uh, conducting the search with everything in mind as regards, you know, that, that sort of risk and, and what the capabilities of her and myself are uh, with a view to her coming out safely at the end. Now, when she's not working, she's in her own time. She's, she's talking to us here, isn't she? What sort of a dog is she? What sort of a pet is she at home? Yeah, so, so she's a Malinois, you know, and as you, as you can hear, she never stops working, you know, and, and for her now, this is, hey, enough, enough, quiet, lie down, down, good girl. So for her now, she's been fairly well behaved, um, and I find that so long as she's been out and she's training and her mind's active, she's great at home. You know, she will settle no problem at all. It's, it's like any working breed, if they're not worked and they become, you know, uh, stale with men mentally and physically, then yeah, they're, they're a handful. Uh, and what she's trying to do now, she's talking and she's trying to self-reward. So she's so bright, she knows that when she goes out and she indicates, she gets a toy. And so she's trying to impress me now and she's working the whole time to try and get some reward. And Good girl, good girl. Nick, um, just finally, I think uh, most people in the country have had, would have huge admiration for you and your colleagues for the work that, the work that you do. The dogs are increasingly important to you. Um, they cost money to train. Um, are, are you constrained by how many dogs you can have because of budgets and is there a way of people being able to contribute to, to providing these dogs for you? So, so the, the team I work for, right, the team I work for, we're a national asset, we're government funded uh, through the fire service and we, we're, we're allowed, basically, we're, we're one of 19 teams throughout the UK and each team has a canine capability. So that is all factored into our budgets. Um, that's what we work to um, and they're just invaluable for what we do you know um, there's a you know a lot of support within the service to maintain the capability um, and you know everybody's restricted by budgets but you know we, we, we just do the best we, we can really and 
you know, when you have this working um, engagement with the animal, you know, you, a lot of it is done, you know, you've got to love it. You've got to do a lot of it in your own time and stuff like that. So, you know, we make it work and, you know, that's, that's why we have the capability we have. Nick, it's a pleasure to catch up with you and Cara and uh, best wishes from everybody who hopes that you and all your colleagues continue to do the great work that you do as safely as possible. Thanks Many thanks. Thank you.